0: Welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Amen. How many y'all know David
1: said this? I was glad when they said unto me, "Let us go into the house of the Lord." How many y'all glad to be in God's house today? Amen. Well, I'm going to go right to it. First service, I couldn't believe the clock. It lied to me. It let me down. But uh, I don't have very many notes this morning. But what I have do have, I believe the Lord is going to open eyes to see and ears to hear. If you have your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 1, page 878. If you have my model of Bible, the amplified version. Um, But those of you that were here over the last couple of months have been talking about a people that is marked. In Ezekiel chapter 9, it says this, I went throughout the sanctuary and looked for those who sigh and grieve or the repulsive acts of their nation. And went through some things about being a marked people. But in this study, I always like to stretch myself. There's things in the book of Ezekiel that I've never fully understood. And so I begin to go through this um, in, in word study and have a million books on my desk like I do. And, 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 and love to go down some. And there's some things I'll tell you right now that there's still some things that I don't necessarily understand. But God began to show me something, Ezekiel chapter 1. And if you've been here before, if you haven't been here or maybe you haven't studied God's Word. There's some major prophets in the Bible. as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel being one of them. And if Isaiah was the prophet who declared the salvation of God, we see that Jeremiah was the prophet who declared the judgment of God. And when you get to the book of Ezekiel, we see that he was the prophet who declared the mystery and majesty of God. And so we're given this setting in this book here that bears his name Ezekiel in verses 1 and 2 where Ezekiel identifies himself as a captive by the Babylonians. In fact, he, they prophesied it in the book of Jeremiah that if you don't get your act right, I'm coming down, and I'm going to grab the people of God and take them up there. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did, and we see it in the book of Daniel. But I'm going to start in verse 4 of Ezekiel chapter 1, give you a little bit of uh, what the Lord has showed me through all of this, and really hit on verse 10, and we might do that till the beginning of the year. I really don't know. But it says in verse 4, it says, As I looked, I saw a stormy wind coming out of the north, a great cloud with fire flashing continually from it, and a brightness was around it and in its core, something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. So the Lord has given him, he's prophesying through him of some visions that he has seen in the future. He says, within it, there were figures resembling four, everybody say four, four four living beings, and this was their appearance. They had human form. So, These four living creatures are unlike anything we've ever seen up until this point. In fact, if you've ever been to a funeral that I've preached lots of times, I use uh, the four that uh, the Apostle John saw in the book of Revelation chapter 4, behold, I see a sea of glass and around it is the faces of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of a man and the face of an eagle. But uh, see, John saw those creatures and he recorded his vision of that, but They had the appearance, they all had the appearance of a man. And that provides, I believe, for each and every one of us a model of ministry in our own personal lives. Couldn't God have used something more effective than men to accomplish his work? Well, he could have, but by using people like you and me. But by using people like you and me, uh, and people observing can only say, how many of y'all know we serve an ever so gracious God? Look how, how kind he is to use people just like them. And then we get to verse 6. It says, each one had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like a calf's hoof, and they sparkled and gleamed like shiny bronze. Uh, straight feet here, as it actually says in the King James Version, this speaks of stability that we've got to have in our life. How many of y'all know you've got to have a firm foundation underneath your feet? If we're going to be used by the Lord, we can't allow ourselves the luxury of impulsive leaving moments, leaving the Lord in moments in our life. The Bible doesn't give us excuses to go through emotional ups and downs. I'm going to say that again. I knew I wouldn't get any amens. But the Bible does not give you an excuse to go through some emotional up and down. Do we go through them? Yes. Have I been through them? Absolutely. And it says, and gleamed like shiny bronze, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. Anytime you see this in Scripture, you know that he's talking and he's speaking about the subject of purity. Everybody say Purity. I mean, y'all know there's no other way to be purified than through the fiery problems and difficulties that we face in life? Our faith is more precious than gold purified by fire. It's what Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. How did, this, how did the one purifying the gold uh, know that when it was truly pure, I've taught him this many times before, is when he could look into the molten gold and see the reflection of his own face, he would know that the gold was then pure. So too, the Lord takes us through hot times and fiery trials. It's a long process, but if we hang in there, how many of y'all know we've got to have that same ability that that hair has on your biscuit? Amen? We've got to hang in there. We'll begin to see something of Jesus reflected in each and every one of us. How many of y'all know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I want my family members and my neighbors and people around me to see when I'm going through it that they see the reflection of Jesus on the inside of me. It says in verse 8 and 9, it says, Under the wings of their four sides they had human hands. As for the faces and wings of the four of them, their wings touched one another, their faces did not turn when they moved, and each went straight forward. How important is it? In fact, the King James talks about how they were linked together. How important is it, if we're going to serve God, that we've got to be linked together in unity with accountability? How many of y'all know with the unity comes accountability? How many of y'all know we'd see fewer problems in the body of Christ if we had fewer lone rangers, unaccountable to anyone else? But now we get to verse 10, and this is really what I want to hit home. Verse 10, it says, Regarding the form and appearance of their faces, They had the face of a man, everybody say man, and each had the face of a lion, everybody say lion, and on the right side was the face of an ox, everybody say ox, on the left side all four also had the face of an eagle, everybody say eagle, at the back of their heads, so the head speaks primarily of Jesus Christ. And this is where I'm going this morning, just to give you some context of where I land on the lion, but... 800 years after Ezekiel described them, John saw these same living creatures in Revelation 4 and 5. What did these beings speak of? The rabbis said that they are a representation of all of God's creation. In fact, the greatest creation being man is represented by the face of man, the greatest wild animal is depicted by the face of the lion. The greatest domestic creature ever is represented by the ox. And the greatest flying creature is represented by the face of an eagle. How many, any Americans in the room? But think about it. All of creation is represented in these four living creatures, bows down, submitted to their creator. The rabbis also tell us that these four images were important in the travels of Israel through the wilderness. If you've ever studied this before, this is an amazing concept. You see the people of Israel were divided into four different groups. When they would go with the Ark of the Covenant, these, uh, there would be three tribes in each group. And when they would set up the camp and, and they, would, uh, uh, they would set up the Holy of Holies and the outer court and, and all of that. Uh, when they would set this up, they would, they would camp. The people would camp to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. In fact, when you would look at this from an aerial view, you would see the form actually of a cross. And the group that led the eastern side was Judah, and the emblem that represented them was the lion. And the emblem of uh, the south was Ephraim. And Ephraim was the emblem of a man, and the north was Dan, it was represented by an eagle, the west was Reuben, and it was represented by an ox. Now the Lord has given me much revelation on this. In the book of chapter 4 when I, or chapter four of Revelation, when John is talking about these four faces, I think it's also four faces, not only of ministry of what we have, but also it's the four faces of what Jesus was here on this earth. We see the face of the lion, we see it actually in order in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ezekiel doesn't see it in the the same line or the same uh, order as John does. But in Revelation chapter 4, he sees first the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. The book of Matthew depicts the lion the best because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. We see in Matthew chapter 5, we see him preach about the Beatitudes. This is a message that they had never heard before. In fact, in the book of Matthew chapter 10, it talks about how he begins to separate the sheeps from the goats. That's exactly what a lion does when he goes after its prey. It begins to separate. And how many of y'all know we serve the Lamb of God, but he also, when he comes back, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he splits the sky, he is going to separate the sheep from the goats. In fact, in the book of Matthew, this is where we see that he, he, uh, wide is the road to destruction and narrow is the road to life. He tells us in Matthew five, 5, he tells us, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He tells us in Matthew chapter 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. For where your heart is... For where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. He begins to paint a picture that he is not only uh, ought to be the king of our life, but he is the king of all kings. Right? He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then we get to the book of Mark and we see him as the lowly servant. We see it's the only place in scripture where he says something like this. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. How many of y'all are thankful that you serve a living Savior, a God that loves you enough, that serves you? Come on, every single day that he is there for you. But that's the book of, it's the picture of the ox. It's in Isaiah 53. It tells us that he is the beast of burden. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and that by his stripes we are healed. How many of y'all know you need to cast all your care on him? He's the ox. He can handle it. Amen? He is the ox. The next one is about what we're about to celebrate December 25th with 961 Christmas trees around here, I'm sure. It's found in the book of Luke. We see the story of man. We see how many of y'all know he was all God, but he was all man. The book of Hebrews tells us this. He was tempted in all three ways as man, but yet did not give in to any of them. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the last one is found in the book of John. It's all in their order. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. From the lion to the ox to the man to the last one being the eagle in the book of John. Because John is the only uh, gospel that talks about a man named Lazarus. Everybody said that he was dead. But on the third day, he rose again. And then it would go on to say that there would be someone else by the name of Jesus. That everybody said he was gone. But on the third day. See, an eagle is the only... A uh, bird that has the ability, the greatest bird that flies. It's the only one who has the ability to fall from miles out of the air with its wings in. And before it hits the ground, even feet off the ground, it has the ability to pull its wings up. See, they said he was dead and gone, but I'm here to tell you that he has risen again, and he's at the right hand of the Father. Who's in here this morning? But these create creatures... As I talk about creature features, these creatures serve a much more practical purpose for us. For in them, we see how we should serve and worship God on earth, even as they do in heaven. And I'm, I'm going to go in order as John, not as Ezekiel. But I believe there's some things on these faces that we all need to grab a hold of. And the first one today is the lion. Everybody say lion. Come on, everybody say lion. Come on, you ought to be really awake. Like, I got up early, early. I looked at the alarm clock and went, OMG, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going back to bed. How many of y'all went back to bed this morning? I did. All right? My body didn't realize that the time changed. But you ought to be awake this morning. I want to I hear you one more time. Everybody say the lion. Come on. Get in that inner Lion King Mufasa. How many of y'all know the lion speaks of authority? The lion speaks of authority. The lion speaks of authority. Didn't, uh, did speak, still is speaking, and will speak of authority. If we're to be effective in life, not only in your physical life, but your emotional life, especially in your spiritual life, I tell you every year the same thing, and I'll tell you again January 1st, 2024. This will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. Amen. But if you're going to be effective in life, there comes a time when, like the lion, we need to roar with authority. The Bible tells us in First Peter, it says that the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he, he is not a lion. he's like a lion. We saw all through the, 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 the study of Mark. We see in the book of Ezekiel that he was cast out of heaven because he wants to be like the Lord, and he, wants, he knows that there is something bigger in you that's bigger than him. And he knows if he can be loud in your head, he can be louder than any circumstance in your life. But you've got to be liar uh, I'm sorry, you've got to be louder than any lion speaking in your head. If you're driving down the road, come on, sometimes you're going to have to really give him hell. In Jesus' name. Come on. Just like Joshua did. And I'm going to give some of y'all some pointers this morning. Just like Joshua did, what did he say? As for me and my house, he roared. We will serve the Lord. Can I tell you what we do in the Bennett home sometimes? In fact, we did it Monday night. We just have one of those family meetings even if it's you and just you and your husband now you ought to declare a family meeting and this is what I do hey listen we've slipped we started listening to this music we started watching this on TV and we have slipped away from the things of God but as for me and my house as for me and my house I am taking authority over this situation And Ashton, you will serve the Lord. Anson, you will serve the Lord. Catch, you will. Get Noel on the phone. He sent us a picture of him standing behind uh, President Biden. He was at the White House on Halloween. And put put him on the phone. You will serve the Lord. Brandy? She said, Travis, you will serve the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Because you know this, when I'm pointing at you, I got three fingers pointed back at me. Sometimes you just got to have a family me- meeting, Dad, and have a roar of a lion spring up on the outside of you saying, you know what, I see this family going to hell in a handbasket. We may be faithful to the house of God on Sunday morning, but there is some things that have got on us throughout the week that I'm putting my foot down today. Whatever we say with our mouth, we will declare the works of the Lord. As for me and my house. I know I don't have to shout, but you come to church this morning or not? I need to wake y'all up. As for me and my house, come on, if it's just two of you, if one starts getting out of line, come on, just begin to tell them. As for me, I've got to ro- We've got to have those family meetings where it roars. you got to take a stand. I'm making a statement. I'm putting it on the record. Husbands, moms, dads, put it on the record. As for me and my house, as a family, we're going to serve the Lord. If you were here on Wednesday night, I spoke out of 2 Kings chapter 13, and as the enemies of Judah surrounded Jerusalem, King Joash went to Elisha, and he goes to him for counsel, biblical counsel, and Elisha tells him this. He said, I just want you to open the window. You know, it doesn't matter what the Lord asks you to do. You just need to be obedient. What's this have to do with me defeating my enemies? Open the window. Take your bow and this arrow and shoot it out the window. And so Joash obeyed the word of Elisha there and his instruction and shot the arrow through the air. Elisha identified it as a picture of the Lord's deliverance over Syria. Then Elisha instructed Joash to take the remaining arrows in his hand and strike them against the floor. Again, Joash obeyed, but apparently it was reluctantly for Elisha said, said that because you only struck it two or three times. He said, this is, this is going to be an outward de- expression of you defeating them, so he strikes it three times and look at him. He said, if you really meant business, you'd have done it five or six times. Come on, I'm just here to tell you, if you're going to take authority over your home, you can't just do it on Sunday morning. You're going to have to strike the ground on Monday morning. You're going to have to strike the ground on Tuesday morning. You're going to have to strike the ground on Wednesday morning. If you're going to march around Jericho and see the walls come down, you can't just do it on Monday. You can't just do it on Tuesday. You've got to march around it on Wednesday and shout and scream and holler and fuss and take authority. You can't just go down to the Jordan River one time, naming. You've got to go down seven times. See what he's putting inside of our heart? You can't just do it in January. I see so many believers, they get it on fire in January and they're defeated by March. It's because in February, during the month of love, that they got out of whack. Come on. You've got to strike the ground in February. You've got to strike the ground in 2023, and you've got to strike the ground in 2024. You've got to strike the ground in 2025. It don't matter who's president. You can walk in victory no matter what goes on around you if you take authority over the things around you in your life. Okay. Let me finish teaching for a minute. In prayer, in devotion, in service, we need to move With boldness, not just tapping arrows lightly, but with effectiveness. Fervency, with lion-like authority. As we approach our Father in the name of of Jesus for the kingdom and causes of our Lord, you can't half-heartedly tap the ground in praise and worship. You can't half-heartedly tap the ground in reading the Word. You can't half-heartedly tap the ground in the word of faith of the words out of your mouth. You can't half-heartedly do it. You're going to have to strike the ground and keep on striking. And as we talk about the line and the roar that should be on the inside of you, open your Bibles to Mark. No, let's go to Matthew chapter 7 first. I'm telling you this is a message that you would probably not hear at the Episcopalian church. This is not a message that you would hear at the Methodist church. Honestly, you probably wouldn't hear it at most Baptist churches. I know there are some that are definitely spirit-filled. But this is a message that I, I don't know any other way, Doug. This is all I know of growing up in a Word of Faith movement. Now, I will tell you this. There were some things about in the Word of Faith movement that there was things that I didn't understand, like name it and claim it. People walking up to your car. I'm naming that and claiming that. This is my car. Get your hands off my car. Right? But how many of y'all know you can believe God for your own car? I'm going to say that again. You can believe God for your own car. Somebody needs to get that this morning. You can believe God for your own house. I believe that. So, Hosea says this, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. There are so many spineless, weenie believers today because they have no knowledge of what I'm about to share with you. And it's called the authority of the believer. You can take authority over things in your life. Your family, you can take authority over some things. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Remember, here comes the lion, right here in the book of Matthew. Matthew. And he is putting a new roar. He begins to speak something new they had never heard before. And he says this in verse 24. So everyone, we sing about it today, the last song. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a farsighted, practical, and sensible man who built his house on the rock. Now, I'm not talking about Dwayne Williams. Johnson. You cook what the rock is smelling. Or what's it say? Do you smell? Sorry. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came. And the winds blew and slammed against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great and complete was its fall verse 28 when jesus had finished speaking these words on the mountain the crowds were astonished and overwhelmed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had one who had one who had a lion's roar of authority see here's the thing you know what points out to me between both of these stories whether your house is founded on the rock or founded on the sand you're still gonna have wind you're still gonna have rain you're still gonna have torrents you know what I think of I think of that song growing up my aunt Donna is watching which I'm sure she will but she used to play with me like in this of uh, those old 60 songs I'm an old soul uh who's that walking in the woods why that's Middle, little Miss Riding Hood. Uh, how's it go? Hey, little red riding hood, you sure are looking good. You're everything a big bad wolf would want. Ow! There we go. I knew I had some old people in the room. Come on. The big bad wolf would want. You're everything the big bad wolf would want. See, this is what I, I think about when I think about walking in authority. You can either walk in authority built on the rock and when the big bad wolf comes. How many of y'all know there is always somebody bigger than the big bad wolf? And his name is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Like he may be big, but he's not bigger than my God. Goliath may be big, but he's not bigger than the God on the inside of me. Come on, that situation may be big, but it's not bigger than the God that I serve. Come on, are you here this morning? You can have authority to come up against the big bad wolf. Because here's the deal. You know you're going to go through wind. You're going to get the phone call. You're going to have the heartache. You're going to have the emotional ups and downs. But I'm here to tell you, you can come against those things in the name that's above all every name. All right. Mark chapter 13. Mark 13. Everybody say Mark. Mark 13. This is parallel to Matthew 24. He's telling us at the end of his life, he said there will be wars and rumors of wars. He's telling uh, the people of God, he's telling them this is what you need to look for. Men's hearts will wax cold. And he's telling about the return of Christ. But then in verse 33, I want to read it out of the... um, King James. It says, "Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is." Verse thirty-four it says, "For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey." So he came the first time. How many of y'all know he's coming back a second? Who left his house? How many of y'all know when when Jesus died, the veil was torn in half, and the temple came to live on the inside of you and me, and gave. I knew y'all could read. And gave, and gave, and gave, I gave authority to his servants. Notice it doesn't say the pastor. Notice it doesn't say the evangelist. It doesn't say the prophet. It doesn't say the teacher. It said to his servants. Raise your hand if you're a servant of God this morning. All right. Very good. We're on the same page. And to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Verse thirty-five. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh. How many of y'all? No know one knows the day or the hour, but he will come like a thief in the night. At even or at midnight, or at the cockwork, uh, cock crowing, crowing, or, or in the morning. Verse thirty-six. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Verse thirty-seven. It says, and what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Go back to 34. Oh, slay in the plane. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants. Can I tell you right now, you have an authority to do something about your situation. You have an authority. You have an authority. If you're a servant of God, you have an authority over your situation. You need to know that. You need to know that. You are not at the mercy of your circumstances. You know how many times I've called somebody to check on somebody? Well, I'm doing good under the circumstances. Well, quit being under them and get on top of them. Bible says in Mark 11:22, it says, Have the faith of God. Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. He's talking to a servant of God right here that you have the same authority on the inside of you. You can say unto this mountain, you don't have to live defeated. He gave authority to his servants. Authority, what is it? It's delegated power. A couple of years ago, I'll give you an example of delegated power of somebody walking in authority. We took the kids to SeaWorld, to see the world. They have great rides there, but when I was sitting there with the kids and I was watching Shamu come up there, and a guy in a wetsuit, he had a whistle and fish. And it was amazing what that, I don't know, 2,000 pound creature would do with that little puny guy in a wetsuit with fish and a whistle. He would point his fingers like Free Willy, and it would go and it would jump, it would splash see, what I'm saying is, you may think that things are bigger than you, but really you have something of authority on the inside of you that's bigger than any situation in your life. If ye can speak to Shamu, you can speak to the enemy to get behind you. Right? When you leave here, and if if I get you guys out late, which I promise not to, but you go by Trinity Fellowship on Bell Street trying to get to Jorge's. Amen? Jorge's. Glory to God! <laughs> You're trying to get there. There will be a little scrawny dude, Barney Fife, probably only has one bullet inside of the chamber of his gun, with a whistle, and he is doing this. I bet you he's four foot two inches tall. He's not very big at all, and he is like he is like Barney Fife. Where's my bullet at? You can see it written all over him: short man disease with a great big truck. But you know what he has given? He's been given delegated power. Is my expedition bigger than him? Yes. Is it more powerful? Yes. But because of the authority that's on the inside of him, the delegated power that has been given him, he can stop traffic. And I'm here to tell you there is a delegated power on the inside of you to stop the things of the enemy of this world of coming against you and your family. This is the authority. He said, hey, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you authority. I'm giving it to you. I want you to walk in this power. Amen? People don't understand this. They'd rather walk around defeated. They'd pray like this. Lord, if it be your will, it's his will. Make sure you know the word of God of what his will is, but quit praying prayers that Jesus is still on the cross. He's not on the cross anymore. Come on, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. When you're believing God for healing, come on, I believe this. Even if you're not healed today, you've already been healed. You just need to claim it, right? Speak it over your life. Walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name, there's some things in my life that I'm standing in the word of God for healing in my body. Have I seen it yet? But I Maybe not with my own eyes, but I can see it through the spirit of faith that I am the healed of the Lord. Are you with me this morning? How long do I have to put up with this? Just as long as you want to. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What a great scripture. I love it that the Bible has words like violence. It says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Now, we know this through scripture, that at this particular time, Herod was after Christ, and no telling how many babies he killed. That's the kingdom of heaven suffering violence. Also during this time, they're going after John the Baptist. That was the kingdom of heaven suffering violence. But it says this also, the violent, take it by judo chop. Come on. Amen. Come on. you you. The spirit of Jean-Claude Van Damme needs to come out of you. Or uh, I probably need to think of some new people today, right? But oh well. Come on. I, I remember being at a um, volleyball game and there was a girl that got hurt. I think she dislocated or something. And Addison goes, You need to get my dad to come over here and pray for, for, for you. Well, that too. That was a different time. This is a volleyball tournament. I think it was just me and Addison. And I go over there and I said, Dad, I said, Hey, can I pray for your daughter? And listen, I didn't put my hand on her. I mean, she had something dislocated. God, the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord lives forever. Now, I'm not saying that God can't hear your prayer. But this young lady, she needed to know that I meant business. And we, needed, we, we serve a God that means business as well. Can I tell you, the violent took it by force. I said, in the name, I'm not going to shout, in the name of Jesus, you are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God who heals. Your word says in Mark 16 that believers can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When I opened my eyes, that girl was no pain no more. She was, our eyes were looking at me and the dad looked at me and goes, wow, you prayed with power. I said, sir, would you like your daughter to be healed or not? Come on, there's times where you've got to take some things by force and get violent in your prayer. You need to get violent in your praise and worship. You need to get violent in the reading of the word. Are you guys awake this morning? Come on, this is the authority of the believer on the inside of you. I remember when they told us about Addison having a heart murmur. I'll tell you the first thing I didn't do, I didn't put it on Facebook. Pray for us. You know, cuz here's the deal, Lots of people, if you're going to be a person that walks in authority, your tongue can undo what God has already done. Right? So I'm going to be very careful. There's people in my life that I trust and I believe God that they will stand in authority. But I'm not going to put it on Facebook. I'm going to get with people that I I, I may have told my parents. I may have told, in fact, I remember this. We made a commitment with one another that we're not going to say that she has anything. We're going to say that she is the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. What she has is healing. What she has is health. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. I believe that this hole that's in her heart is going to be closed up in the mighty name of Jesus. The only thing that she has is walking in victory. That's what she has. Amen? So here's the deal. We got violent before the Lord. If you have kids that are not serving God, you need to get violent. Come on, get violent. We're going to have prayer tonight. This is a free space to get violent against the enemy, not me. I'll get Gabe after you if you do that. But get violent against the enemy. He gave, you, he gave authority to his servants. I hope you get revelation of this this morning. Mark chapter 16. Go there. Mark chapter 16. You guys getting something out of the word this morning? I hope you are. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel of all creation. Jesus is about to leave. He said, he who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. Verse 17. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. In fact, I put it on Facebook yesterday. What we have today is believers... We have believers today. He said signs will follow him who believe. It doesn't say that believers will go after signs. We have a bunch of crackhead Christians today that have to go to the next meeting all the time to see what the Lord can do. Can I tell you? The Lord, if you're really moving in the manifestation of the Lord, it will follow you wherever you go. If a snake comes up and bites me, that doesn't mean you join the Pentecostal Church of West Virginia. And dance around with rattlesnakes. Dear God in heaven, can you imagine? I do like to watch them on TV, though. It's good watching. All right? I just feel like one's on me, though, when I'm watching it. There was a show. What was the name of that show? Snake, Snake Redemption. They had signs. They had signs. Even the piano player, when one got bit up there, because people would get bit, they'd be, she'd be playing the piano, and she'd go... That means fangs in the wrist. That means we're going to have to get out of there quick. How many of y'all know you don't have to go after the sign? I'm going to say that again. You don't have to go to the next great meeting, although great meetings are great. You don't have to go to the next apostle. I'm just here to tell you, you can walk in the same authority that that person walks in. For all servants. See, I'm telling you, some of y'all are so Baptist or so Episcopalian or so whatever, a spirit of religion is on you, that you have to rely on me for you to walk in victory. No, you don't. God has given you the victory. God has given you the victory. He gave authority to every, every servant. So let's, you know what, let's make a decision today. I'm going to, when I leave here today, I'm going to take authority over my emotions. I'm going to take authority over my body. I'm going to take authority over my family. I'm going to take authority over my words. I am not going to undo what God has already done for me. I'm going to take authority over my circumstances. I'm going to take authority over the enemy. Because the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God comes to give life and life more abundantly. God don't give cancer. I remember hearing this in 2020, God gave me COVID-19. I'm like, what God do you serve? God gave me rheumatoid arthritis because of the decisions that I made. You know, I know I've shot a, a bunch of horses over the last 20 years, but I'm speaking authority over my body, and I'm speaking this, that I can go 20 more, maybe not shoeing horses, but I'm, I believe that I'm going to be able to throw a baseball to my kids and their kids in Jesus' mighty name, unless the Lord tarries, because I'm going to speak over these situations. I know it's hard work, and sometimes, sometimes I feel it in my body, but you know what? i got to take authority over it. I'm getting up. I'm going to live, walk, talk, in victory in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, who's awake this morning? Open your Bible. What time is it? 11.54. I'm going to take authority over that watch back there, clock back there. John chapter 12. I'm almost done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you all to the buffet before the charismaniacs. John chapter 12 and verse 31, it says, Now judgment is upon this world. Jesus is speaking. The sentence is being passed. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if and when, am lifted up from the earth. Look at this. Now judgment is upon the world. He's talking about how he's about to go down the cross. So because the sin of this world is being judged, the prince of this world is being cast out, is what now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Because here's the deal, when you sin, you give Satan a handle to grab, do you not? But the good news of the gospel is that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. So because Satan has no more dominion over you, no, no more hold of your life, no more grip in your heart, he's inevitably cast out. He's already cast out. How many of y'all know he went and took back the keys of hell in the grave? John 12, verse 32. And if I and I, if, am, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. You've got to keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. He's the authority. Your enemy is Satan, the devil. And look at this. Jesus already cast him out. Here's another one. I was going to go somewhere else, but because of time, I want you to go to Luke chapter 11. It says this. When the strong man, Luke 11, verse 21. When the strong man fully armed guards his own house, his belongings are undisturbed and secure. But when someone's stronger, how many of y'all know there's always somebody stronger? You think you're a big tough guy, there is always somebody that can whip you in a bar. There's always. Amen. I'm speaking from experience. But when someone stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he robs him of all his armor on which he had relied and divides his spoil. See, he overcame him. And can I tell you, he's given us delegated power. He's given us authority. You're more than a conqueror. I heard R.W. Schambach tell this story one time, and it's the best way because he was talking about boxers. and Because he was a boxer inside of the Navy. And I, I think this all the time when I listen to R.W. Shambach, I think probably the devil celebrated and threw a party when he died. He shouted and spit and sweat all over a stage. But I'm telling you, manifestations of the Lord would break forth with R.W. Shambach. And R.W. Shambach was talking about this fighter, how he got a million-dollar purse. And he was talking about how he was a conqueror because he had won. And he was a conqueror. But when he came home, I've done this before, worked all day and came home and said, Honey, this is the money that I made today. See, I am a conqueror, but she's more than a conqueror. When he gave her a million dollars, in Jesus' name, one day I'll do that. Gave her a million dollars, she's more than a conqueror. Why is she more than a conqueror? Cause she didn't have to dress one foot or shoe one horse. Are you getting this? The fighter didn't have to fight one blow. Jesus already fought it all. That what make you? That's what makes you more than a conqueror. Come on, how many of y'all know we're more than conquerors in this room? First Peter tells us five eight. It tells us. It says. The enemy roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us in James 4, 7, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You've got to have some resistance in you. Come on. You've got to have some resistance in you. Well, I'm going to wait. I remember when I was leading worship years ago, and we would have people up here praying, and Pastor Ty and Luann, they'd be in the middle, and there would be a long line, and nobody would go to other people. You know Why? Because people, first of all, they thought, well, I have, to pre- I have to pray with the pastor. They also thought this, and I know this too, because Pastor Ty and Luann are going to be people that pray with authority. Right? But can I tell you, you don't have to wait for a prayer line to see victory in your life. You don't. You don't have to wait to go see Miss Miss Judy. You don't have to wait to go to the prayer team. You don't have to wait till tonight. If you get under some kind of circumstance at 2 o'clock this afternoon, you don't have to wait till 6 o'clock tonight. You can get an authority over the enemy at 2 p.m. no matter where you are. I'll give you an example of this. Somebody come play, or I'll preach till 1.30. This is a big deal to me. I'll give you an example. We have three dogs in our home. We have a standard poodle, nine years old. Her name's Chloe with a K. Kardashian, She's bougie like that. She's always got good bows. Then we have a littler dog that is a toy Australian Shepherd. Is he seven pounds? He's seven pounds. And can I tell you, from the time we got Tucker, he's like three or four years. It'd be about to be four, huh? Or three. He's a little bitty guy. From the time that we got him, he would, like, jump up on Chloe's ears and pull them down. I mean, it's a standard poodle. She's like 55 pounds, and he's 7 pounds. And he would antagonize. He's also got a little bit of Alabama coonhound in him. She'd lay down, and he'd just hump and hump and, hump and 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 hump. And I'm like, what is the matter with you, Chloe? You got 50 pounds on this little brat dog. We call him Ted Bundy. I've told you about him before. He's so creepy. He's like, we're... We'd be sitting on the couch. Brandy said, give me a kiss. So so I, I'll be always sitting by her, and I'll kiss her. And he literally is right here, like, looking at us. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you about times in the bedrooms where he jumps up on the bed, and like, what the heck are y'all doing? <laughs> I told you, he's like Ted Bundy. He's we're weird like that. So then we get this dog, Birdie. And Birdie... Is, is seven months old, on Red Bull, black and white. I've been casting devils out of her. She is wilder than a buck deer. I mean, she is high on life, higher than a Georgia pine tree. Well, she comes on the scene, black and white, standard poodle. Her name's Birdie. Same thing. She comes into the house, Alabama coon hound. I mean, all of it. Little Tucker. He's pulling on the ears, pulling on the ears, pulling on the ears. And I'm like, Chloe, Birdie, get yourselves together. You are bigger than him. We'd throw him food, and they would look at him like, is he going to get mad at us? Right. Mike, Birdie, you've got to take authority over this little dog. Your roar is louder than His. Your bite is stronger than his. And I don't know what he's done to manipulate you to think that you're defeated. Because you are not. If you would just have a... Last night, all three dogs were at full attention. Anson here on the front row had a bag of popcorn. They were sitting there with their ears perked up. He throws out a piece of popcorn. Tucker went to get it. Birdie went... I mean, I was like, bite him in half, bite him in half, eat him alive. I hope he dies tonight. Come on, get after him. Because I'm preaching in the morning, and people need to know this. There has been an enemy that has manipulated you and say, you ain't that big, you ain't that tough, but I'm here to tell you that you are bigger than the enemy inside your head. You are bigger than any circumstance. You are bigger than any emotion. You are bigger than what the doctor told you about. You're bigger than what the psychiatrist said about your marriage. There is something bigger in you, better than you, and you can fight and come against it. There is an authority on the inside of you to speak those things that aren't as though they were, that God will make those things that were evil and turn them around for good. Come on, get a spirit of birdie on the inside of you.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church.